where we are so delighted that you are here today and in the service as we continue in week two of this series called Whatever It Takes. And Whatever It Takes is a phrase that came to my mind uh, really kind of at the beginning of, of summer. And as people were starting to have this idea that maybe churches are starting to come back in some sort of form or fashion and that we're going to try to get to back to a sense of, of normal, whatever normal is, right? And as we do this, we I just had this urge, this spiritual urge just to just to do uh, whatever we can to, to spread the gospel and to continue to, um, to, to do the five um, purposes of our church, which I shared with you last week. So this idea, this phrase in, in my time of prayer, whatever it takes, just kept coming back. Um, because I know this, Jesus did whatever it took to uh, save our souls and to die on the cross for us. And if he could do that, then we could do whatever it takes to fulfill our mission. So what is our mission? Our mission is, is, is sort of a conglomeration of the great commission, going to all the world, and the great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. And so if you take the great commission and the great commandment, and you do that, we will be a healthy church. And from that, uh, those, those two uh, statements of the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. Through that, we come up with the five purposes of the church. And those are fellowship, evangelism, worship, discipleship, and ministry. And so as we, um, as we walk down those five purposes of the church, then we are able to become and to continue in a healthy state of, of, um, of what we're supposed to be doing as a church. And this, is, this isn't this is just Lake Point. This is the entire church. This is the, the big C church, the body of Christ. And so, but we're, we're gonna take, we're gonna do whatever it takes through all of our abilities, sacrifices to accomplish this goal. So this whatever it takes is not just a sermon series. This is something that we're going to continue on through, possibly uh, in, in, on into next year, maybe up until next fall, however long it, we need to be reminded of this. And so what that means is we're going to be rolling out some opportunities for you to step up to the plate and do whatever it takes um, to fulfill the mission here at Lake Point Church, whether it be serving, uh, whether whether it be um, you know bringing others, inviting others to church, uh, whether it be attending small group, growing in your faith, um, and and I know all of that takes a lot of sacrifice, but. That's what whatever it takes means, is we, we've got to uh, buckle down and do whatever it takes to fulfill our purpose. Um, the, the main passage, um, the main scripture that we have for whatever it takes is found in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, and it says this, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm, let nothing move you, always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And so we want to do everything we can um, to labor in the Lord, and it's not in vain, and we want to give ourselves fully to his work. Last week, we talked about the first of those five um, purposes of the church, and that was fellowship. Fellowship is the one we focus on first. And, um, and, and as I was thinking about this week with fellowship, I kind of came up with an, an example 
as we were, as I was uh, driving this week. And um, the example I came up with is sort of a, a difference between Spotify and the radio. So if you, for those who, who know and stream music, Spotify is, is a way that you can uh, stream uh, music. And if, you, and if you actually pay for the subscription, you can pretty much pull up any song at, at any time and uh, listen to it. And you can even create playlists. Um, but not only do you can do that on Spotify, you can do that with Apple Music, um, with, you know, with Google Play, all of those things. So you've got an opportunity to just pull up any song at any time. And that's cool. I mean, you know, to be able to pull up a song that maybe you've lost the CD or the cassette is sort of warped. You know how cassettes do that? And so, but you could pull up any song at any time and it's great. But you also have the opportunity to just listen to the radio. Now, the thing about the radio is that your song may not, will probably not come on at the, the time that you want it at the time that you need it, right? But when it does, it's a glorious thing, you know? Like when you're driving down the road and great weather like we're starting to have, and, and you have, you know, Brian Adams, you know, summer of 69 come on, you're like rolling down the windows, right? And you're cranking it up and you're singing at the top of your lungs. What's cool about that is you aren't the only one doing that. If you're driving through Atlanta and that a song like that comes on or one of your favorite songs and you start singing at the top of your lungs, guess what? There are probably thousands of other people doing the exact same thing at the same time. That is cool. And that is fellowship. It's powerful. You know, it's better than, than a Spotify or, or Apple where you're like, okay, I'm going to listen to this song, and you are the only person listening to that song at that exact time probably in the whole world. And so, sure, you, could, you can have, you know, that time alone, and you're listening to that song, but it's not as powerful as doing something together with other people, and that, brothers and sisters, is fellowship. It's powerful. We were reminded last week in Acts chapter 2 of the pathway to fellowship that involves believing in Jesus, being baptized. We celebrate baptism last week and, and joining a local church. You can join a church and be a part of that and join in membership and then be devoted to that church. Being a regular tender and, a, and, a, and, a, and an opportunity to, to invite others and through um, small group and, and giving. Then... We also talked about promoting that fellowship, telling others about the church. Some of you here today, because someone told you about what we're doing here at Lake Point Church. And it's not just about Lake Point Church. Other churches have other people that are inviting them to what God is doing, and it's awesome. But we've got to, we've got to uh, promote um, what God is doing and promote the gospel message of Jesus Christ. So we're going to be talking about that um, in, in very great detail today. So we, we have the pathway to fellowship. We've got to promote the fellowship. And then we also need to protect the fellowship. And that is, uh, we protect the fellowship by submitting uh, to one another and then talking to one another. And even anytime there's a fellowship, a group of people, there could be, you know, some, some conflicts and things you've got to work through. And if there are some conflicts, uh, we just got to go to those people and talk about it. And it's really important. Last week, I shared a, uh, a, a value statement within our church that 
we, and this isn't just something for our church. This is something you can put in your own family, in your own job, whatever, because this is something that works throughout your life. And that is this. Don't talk about someone until you talk to someone. Don't talk about someone until you talk to someone. And so when, uh, when you're working at your job or, or you're, you're in school, students, you know, rather than talking about someone, talk to someone, meaning go to them and make sure that everything's okay and try to help with that. Try to understand each other. And that is so huge. And so just want to encourage you uh, to uh, protect the fellowship. So for this week's message, we will look at the second purpose of the church, and that is evangelism. So what is evangelism? It's simply telling others about Jesus or inviting others to come hear about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Telling others about the gospel message of Jesus. And, and, and I believe that God, uh, God assigns people um, in your life that you can, you can witness to. I really believe that God puts people in your life that if you're a believer, that you can share Christ. You can share Christ. And, and the thing is, are we paying attention? Are we paying attention to the people that God places in our life? Because it's so easy to get distracted and miss out on those things and those people that God puts in our life. The, um, we, we're going to focus on a story here today that you're probably familiar with. And this story, I'm going to use it as an opportunity to talk about the importance of evangelism. Again, evangelism, one of the five purposes of the church. Fellowship, we talked about last week. This week, we're talking about evangelism, which is sharing Jesus. So if you were looking, uh, Luke chapter 19, Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10, if you have your copy of God's Word, you encourage you to do that, whether it be the digital copy or your hard copy. And um, you can also, uh, should have it on the screen for those who are watching online, we would love for you to um, turn to your copy of God's Word as well. So Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I want to stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So Zacchaeus, as we see, was a chief tax collector. Even though the Roman government hired him to collect taxes for him, Zacchaeus was allowed to charge extra money and pocket the rest. It's important to note that Zacchaeus was, was a Jew. So he actually did this to his own people. What a, what a horrible man. What, a, what an awful character trait he has. So what can we see in this passage that can help us with evangelism? Number one, we need to respond 
to holy distractions. We need to respond to the holy distractions in our life. Jesus was just passing through Jericho to get Jerusalem. So Jericho wasn't his destination. And Jericho is about 15 miles outside of Jerusalem. And so Jesus is passing through to get to, to the main city of Jerusalem. So he wasn't planning, at least you know, according to what, what, what we see in passage, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, Jesus, uh, Jesus foreknew that Zacchaeus was going to be there, so he had plans. But as you're reading the story, you're thinking, okay, Jesus is just going to keep walking through, right? He's going passing through Jericho, as it says, and going to Jerusalem. But he decides to stop and see this man. Why? Because he was distracted by this Man, I mean, you're walking down the street, and this man's in a tree. How many people do you see hanging out in a tree? Okay, not many. And so he was distracted by this man, and so he was drawn to him. And so what this shows is that just like Jesus was distracted by what this, this man coming into his life and along his path, you and I need to be aware of the people that God puts in our life, the distractions of relationship, the relationship distractions that, that God will often put in our life. If Jesus was checking his social media, looking at his phone, he would not have even noticed this guy. If we are so distracted by other things in our life to see the holy distractions, the God moments, we will miss out. We need to walk and be aware. And I'm, I'm guilty of this as well. How many people I've missed the opportunity to share Jesus or just to build that relationship? Why? Because I'm distracted by my own little things and gadgets in this world. As we approach 9-11 this Saturday, the anniversary for 9-11, um, we notice and we will remember thousands of people that have died. But because of certain distractions, God saved a, a few extra lives. And these are, these are true stories. Like, for instance, the head of a company survived 9-11 because his son started kindergarten. Another man was alive because he was, it was his turn to bring donuts. One woman was late because her alarm clock didn't go off at the right time. Another was late, stuck on the New Jersey turnpike because of an accident, and his life was spared. One missed the bus. One spilled food on her clothes and had to take time to change. One's car wouldn't start. One couldn't get a taxi. One person went back to answer the house phone. One man who put on a new pair of shoes that morning developed a blister before he got to the tower, so he stopped at a drugstore to buy a Band-Aid. Isn't that amazing? Those distractions that have saved a life. Well, there are people distractions that God puts in our life that could eventually save a life, an eternal life, as we share Christ and as we build relationships with them. The people that God places in your life are never an accident. Because guess what? God has, has ordained your steps and their steps and your steps and their steps. When they collide and they come, back to, they come together, that is is a holy distraction, a moment where God says, hey, pay attention to who I'm putting in front of you. The next thing we see in verse two through four, if you look at verses two through four, Jesus looked past the profile. 
Jesus, uh, Zacchaeus was a tax collector, which means he was wealthy. But he was a chief tax collector, which means he was very wealthy. Tax collectors were never popular. They were particularly hated. And it was bad enough that they collaborated with the, the foreign oppressors of the Roman Empire. But the Romans wanted to collect as much taxes as it could without tying up their own personnel, their own soldiers. So they recruited locals and gave them a percentage of what was collected. And as I said earlier, they, can, they could charge more and pocket the rest. This was not a good profile. I can imagine Zacchaeus climbing the tree and just people just looking at him and staring at him and talking about him. It's like, what, what does this rich man, you know, think he's doing? This short little guy. His life was a career of a bad choice after another. But that didn't stop Jesus. Even though Jesus was a Jew, Zacchaeus was a Jew, charging extra and, and taking advantage of the Jews, Jesus looked beyond his profile to his heart. You and I will have people in our lives that God will put that we're just going to have to look beyond the profile. We're just going to have to look beyond their profile, beyond what their lifestyle is. You know, evangelism is messy. It's very messy. But you have to look beyond what their lifestyle is. Now, it doesn't mean you approve of their lifestyle. And it doesn't mean that you point fingers at their lifestyle. You point fingers at Jesus. And it's the job of Jesus and the Holy Spirit to change the heart and to come in and, and as that person invites Jesus in to be, to, be their li- uh, to be Lord of their life. And so we need, to, we need to look beyond that profile because they're, they're searching through this crowded world of confusion, watching for hope to walk down the street. That, that was Zacchaeus. He was just in a tree. He was looking for hope and hope started walking down the street. Guess what? You carry the hope. If you're a believer in Christ, you carry the hope. There are people at your school, students. There's people at your job, adults, that God has placed in your life. You carry the hope. And guess what? They're watching you. They're looking at you. And they're looking for hope because they probably know or they should know that you are a Christ follower. The next thing we see in verse 5 Verse 5, it's, it's, we see an intentional interaction. Intentional interaction. When Jesus saw Zacchaeus from the tree, he didn't just say, he just wave and say, what's up? Hey, what's up, man? And just keep walking. I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm not, I'm not stopping here. He was intentional. Jesus is showing us a model for how we should approach people living in sin that he has placed in our path. Jesus wasted no time going to Zacchaeus. He's like, hey, Zacchaeus, I'm going to go to your house when? Today. Today. Not like, hey, next time I'm in town, let's, let's get together. No, he, he's like, I'm going to Jerusalem, but guess what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change plans. I'm going to do a time out here, and I'm going to spend time with you. I'm going to your house today. Jesus literally invited himself to his house. You, too, can invite people to coffee, to conversations, to church, to a small group, whatever. You can invite people to have an intentional 
interaction with them. You know, there are people, there are people in, in, in the community that often I will use, like certain businesses, that I will use that if, if I know that they aren't, they aren't Christ followers, sometimes I will use them on, intentionally. Why? So I can build a relationship with them. So I can build a relationship with them. And th- just this past week, I, I have noticed this one particular person um, who, who I've been praying for for a while um, ha- has, has really kind of made a, made a, made a milestone jump to, to talking to me. Now, this particular gentleman, I, I, I uh, was able to, um, he's, a, he's a guy in a community that has a business and his particular business, I was able to uh, hire him to help our church with something. And when I, he does, he does great work. He's, he's one of the best in town. So I was able to hire him to do something for our church. And guess what? I was able to build a relationship with him. And, and the first time I, I, um, I hired him, it was several years ago. And then we just kept coming back into relationship. You know, I see him in the community. You know, he kind of texts back and forth and this sort of thing. And so just this past week, he and I were able to connect over a cup of coffee this past week. And he had a ton of questions. And he is searching. And he is asked that I pray for him and I talk to him. And, and it's a beautiful thing. I mean, to, to know that I was able to, and I don't do this with everybody, I need to do this more often, but this particular person was able to intentionally bring him in and use his services and pay him for that and to build that relationship and to be able, and now, several years later, through continuous building that relationship, he is now searching for answers, searching for hope. He's asking that Jesus questions. I'm praying for him. We're going to get together here soon, maybe this week or next week. I've given him um, some tools. I've given him some assignments to passages to read in, in the Bible. I've given him some things to look at, to pray for. And so you can be intentional just like Jesus was intentional. Now, what, what are some things you can look for to be intentional? What are some practical things that you can look for in people's lives that God could be saying, all right, here's your moment, be intentional, okay? Here, they're called the, the three T's, the three T's, okay? Troubles, tension, and transitions. Troubles, tension, and transition. You know, we all have troubles in our life. Here are some troubles that you may have people in your life experience. Loss of a job. Have you ever met anybody in your life that lost their job? I have. Guess what? That right there is an opportunity for you to come alongside them and build that relationship or pray with them. Sickness, people who are sick. The trouble of debt. Guilt, relationship issues, marriage issues. Those kinds of things, is an, that's an opportunity for you who who 
you have the hope of Christ inside you, for you to pray for them, to build a relationship with them, to go deeper in your relationship with them, to invite them to, to church. Okay? So troubles, and the other one is tension. Finding a job, meeting demands of a job. Okay, if you have somebody at work, there's like they're really overworked. There's a lot of tension in their in their life. There's tension at work. Guess what? That's an opportunity for, for you to do something, for you to be intentional. Parenting. Okay? Parenting can bring a lot of tension in your life. You if 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 you know someone who, who's asking for parental advice because there's tension in the house, guess what? Take it a step further. Don't just don't just use parenting tactics and parenting tools. Connect it with the Bible. There's places in Scripture where you can go with that. Distance from family, loneliness, isolation. That was a tension. There could be tensions with loneliness and isolation. We're a, a, a testimony last week with Tyler kind of experiencing that. And, and, and had a person in our church, Wendy, who checked up on him. That was huge. Now he's at church. He's following Jesus, got baptized. And so watch for those opportunities, troubles, and tensions. Another one is transitions. Remember, three T's. Transitions, relocation. People relocating to the community. If you have people coming and moving in around you, guess what? That is a transition. And with that transition... You, that gives you an opportunity to go and introduce yourself. Bring some cookies, okay? Everybody likes cookies? Bring cookies and, you know, um, uh, build, start building that relationship. Job change, newly married, okay? Newly divorced, high schooler, going from high school to, to college or career, whatever they're trying to do and Figure it out in this life. That is a major transition. That is an opportunity for you to come alongside them and just bring hope and make sure that they are walking through those troubles and the, the tension and the transitions with hope. So we learned so far we can, we can respond with holy distractions, people that God's put in their life. We can, but we also, while we do that, we need to look past the profile and as we're walking with them and talking with them, notice those uh, opportunities to be intentional with your interactions with them. But as we see in verse 6 and 7, as you're looking down to verse 6 and 7, there's going to be, there could be, not always, but there could be some potential criticism. When you respond intentionally to the, to the holy distractions of, of God, of the God people in your life, you need to be prepared for criticism. Jesus was criticized by others by reaching out to this man. You very well could, not always, but you very well could be criticized by people who think helping those who make bad choices is not a good choice for you to do. You may hear comments like, you're wasting your time. Ah, oh, they'll never change. Or oh, this person will bring nothing good into your life. So, when you have people in your life that you feel like, man, God's placed this person in my life and I need to do everything I can through the power of the Holy Spirit and through my church and others and with God's word to help this person along. You could have 
criticism from some of your close friends, students, who may be saying, why, why, why are you sitting with that person at lunch? Okay, why are you helping them? Or our parents, if there's a certain house in the neighborhood, we all, we all have that house, right, in the neighborhood. And, and people may be questioning, why are you going over there? They're just, you know, they're, those people just, they're, they're weird, they're different. Why would you waste your time? You could be criticized for that. Now, let me do say this. This doesn't mean, and I, I, I'm not a believer in this, I don't, I don't think you should do this, this thing called missionary dating, okay? And to where, you know, ladies, if, if there's a guy you, you kind of like, and he's, and he's really far from Jesus, but you've sold out your heart for, for Jesus, don't use dating as an opportunity to help them. In fact, if you want to help that person come to know Christ, you and a few of your friends can work on that together as a friend, as a friend group, not as a dating relationship. Okay, and it could be vice versa, obviously guy with a girl. But don't use that opportunity, missionary dating, because you, you'll be pulled down most, most often is, is what happens. So, but just know this, when you follow the Lord's leading into helping people who, who are far from the Lord, you could be criticized. And then the last thing we see in verse 8 is the results will speak for themselves. You know, this, this is um, it's pretty messy. Evangelism is messy. But it's, it's not your job to clean up their messy life. It's not your job to clean up the messy life. It's only your job to introduce messy people to the one who can help clean up their messy lives. And so that's all you're doing. You're sharing Christ. And allow the results of a new life in Christ speak for themselves. People, people like a Tyler that we heard last week. And my friend that, I'm, that, that I just shared with you about. That I hope one day soon he might be listening online. You know, I hope soon we'll, we'll, we'll come and, and visit us here at Lake Point. But just know this. Um, God wants you to be involved in the lives of people. He does. And he wants you to build those relationships. And just let the results speak for themselves. Eventually, as you are faithful to build relationships with people and love on people, the results will speak for themselves. Eventually, through prayer and and being persistent, they will come around as God moves on their heart. I love this verse in Titus chapter 2, verse 7 through 8. This Apostle Paul, as he wrote this letter to Titus, he says this, show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And in your teaching, show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that an, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. We are the model of Christ. We are the model of Christ. And as you are able to share Christ, just know this, Jesus Christ showed you how to do that as he interacted with Zacchaeus. Now, what are some, what are some tools that, we can, that you can use? Obviously, you can use God's word. I mean, this is very important. 
And one of the, one of the tools that I, uh, that I love to use, and I've used this quite often, is an app uh, on my phone. And I, I may have shared this with you in the past, but this app is simply called Share Your Faith. And it's, and it's Share Your Faith, and it's all one word, kind of no, no, no uh, breaks, but share your faith. If you, if you just look on your app store or your, or your Google Play store and uh, look up share your faith, it's a free app. It doesn't cost anything. And um, it's, it's really the best thing out there, in my opinion, the best tool to use. You can literally hand your phone to someone and it's interactive and, and they can just walk themselves to it. It's got scripture or you can hold it and you can share and then show the pictures. It's really, really an incredible tool. Share your faith. I use it all the time. Okay. Uh, another thing you can do, we place some... Um, we place some uh, tools on a website. And so if you go to lakepointonline.com forward slash share Jesus. Okay, if you just go to lakepointonline.com forward slash share Jesus, um, you will go to uh, some uh, videos and some links that you can uh, be trained with evangelism and, and, and watch some things. But you know, we encourage you to look through that, but there's all kinds of um, tools at your, uh, at your exposure that you can use um, to help train you to share your faith. But you know the best thing you can do? <laughs> Here, here's the easiest thing. Just tell what God's done in your life. <laughs> Just tell what God's done in your life. Your testimony. Your testimony is powerful. The words of your testimony, book of Revelation talks about, the word of your testimony, it's powerful. And so just share with others what Christ has done in your life. Now, if you're afraid, to, if you're embarrassed to share with others, and you, you may want to work on your relationship with Christ. You want to be embarrassed. It's kind of like, you know, if you have a sports team that, that you cheer for, you, you don't you want to tell others about your sports team. Hey, my, my team is playing at this time, and they're playing at this opponent, or whatever. You want to be embarrassed, like <clears throat> if you cheer for LSU Tigers and they lose to UCLA in the first game of the season in a game that you were supposed to win. You know? <sighs> you don't want to be embarrassed about your, your team, right? You don't want to be embarrassed about the one who saved your soul. You want to tell others. You want to tell others about Jesus. So prepare yourself. Okay? Get into God's Word. Download some apps. Look at some training on our website. There's training other places. But, but also, the more you share your testimony with others, the more it's going to make sense. And the more that you're going to be able to just... Rattle it off at any time. Just tell your story. The story of how Jesus saved your life. As we conclude, we see verses 9 through 10. And we see that salvation has come to the house of Zacchaeus. His, has salvation come to your house? Whether here today, watching online. Has salvation come to your house? If you notice, it was Zacchaeus who responded by letting Jesus in. Jesus invited himself. Hey, I'm, I'm going to your house. Jesus knocks on the door of your heart. The Holy Spirit does. But guess what? 
Jesus didn't force his way into Zacchaeus' home. Zacchaeus let him in. He just let him inside. Will you let Jesus inside? He's knocking on the door of your heart. Will you let Jesus inside? Watching online. And if you're, if you're here watching online, you're not going to have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. And when I share the answers, sometimes I make mistakes. But just know this. You're not going to have all the answers. But you can know the one who does know all the answers. And, that, and if you knew all the answers, then it wouldn't be called faith. It wouldn't be called faith. So faith is stepping out over the edge into the arms of Jesus. And then you're going to grow in your faith and your understanding as you pray, as you go to church, and as you read God's word. Let's, let's bow our heads. Close your eyes. In this moment, in this very special and important time, I, I just, I feel that there's, um, could be some people here today or watching online that you've never taken that step of faith. Maybe you're waiting to where you have all the answers. Well, that's never going to happen. Or maybe you're waiting to kind of adjust your life to make your life good enough for that. Can I tell you, that's never going to happen. Because after being a Christian for many, many years, I'm still not there. But you can have saving faith in Jesus Christ by just walking, stepping over that line, making that decision to invite Jesus into your life, into your heart. So if that is you today, you could say a simple prayer. Just pray after me. Say, dear Jesus, I believe in you. I have faith in you. I may not understand it, but I'm going to follow you. Please forgive me my sin. Please come into my life. Be Lord of my life. Help me to live for you. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. And it's really that simple. We come to him as a child, not, not as an adult. Because adults, we, we tend to complicate things, don't we? The older we get. Just come to him as a child. With a childlike faith. And if you prayed that prayer for the first time, I'd love for you to know. Uh, I'd love for you to tell me. And so just let me know after service today. If you're watching online, send me an email. Uh, it's just real simple. Frank at lakepointonline.com or pastor at lakepointonline.com. Um, I'd love for, to hear from you and I'd love to get you started in, on your journey and as we as a church help you to grow. And uh, so at this time, we're going to uh, dismiss our church uh, service today, but just know this, I'm praying for you, I love you, and I would love to see you back here next week. Thank you all. Bye-bye.